The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome into this special live edition of Flyers Talk Podcast, where obviously we're talking NHL draft tonight. I'm Taryn Hatcher, joined by Al Morganti, who is in celebration mode because he called this beforehand. This is what he wanted. The Flyers select Cutter Gauthier with the fifth overall pick. Now, Al, it's very interesting because, and Flair told our very own Jordan Hall, uh, Brett Flair told our very own Jordan Hall and speaking to each other ahead of the draft, that there's a lot of uh, kind of scrambled talent towards a lot. We saw Shane Wright fall to four, selected by the Seattle Kraken. It's the, it's the Slovakian draft tonight. Uh, Slovak yeah. players go one and two. So, I mean, he was truthfully correct there in that there was a, it kind of seemed like in the top tier, there were a couple of players who could go a couple different ways. And ultimately, because there was some scrambling towards the top, well, it's hard to say, uh, but Cutter Gauthier, he was projected as high as going in the top three. The Flyers get him at number five, uh, six foot three, 201 pounds. At least that's what he was recorded as before. He did very well at the NHL Combine. He's 18 years old, set to go to Boston College uh, next year, which we know that this Flyers organization really likes BC kids. What's your take on this selection? I love this pick. I'm, I've been saying all day I wanted this kid. Uh, the size I really like, aside from the fact he probably is the best name in the draft, to, to come in and play Cutter. here in Philadelphia. But I think the key here is, and I'm sure there are assurances, that at BC he's going to play center. That is crucial to me, you know, coming up playing wing with a pretty good player there in the development program, but he's a centerman. And that's why I wanted that. I wanted to see, and I'm sure they have it all worked out where it's been agreed. He's going to be a center when he plays at Boston college. He's got great size, goes to, and goes to the net, can push people away. I think this is a safe pick, not for next year, obviously coming up, but as he develops as a player, the great skills. I mean, they've made a big deal about ambidextrous, but that's not a small thing. Faceoff mm-hmm. dot do this can go either way. I mean, make plays either side. I'm thrilled with this pick, and uh, and I'm thrilled because there were all the rumors about Deprinket and what are they going to do for this year. I didn't, I didn't want them to do that. I wanted them to to maintain this building with some kids coming in here, especially in the middle of the ice with some size. So I'm, I think that's critical here that they do that. And I was always, I was also a little worried. The defenseman, very good defenseman left on the board, mm-hmm. but they've got some, Taryn. You, they, we, they've got some defensemen that they've gone through to develop the defenseman. I wanted them to get a kid that, that with some skill levels and I think is critical to, to push people around a little bit. So when it comes to the question of, of defensemen, because that was something we discussed uh, before we went live here, it's obviously something that's been chatter about. You know, whether Cutter was best available or not, it's between him and a defensive player. And in your mind, it's not just quality of player. It's also a need situation. The Flyers were able to check off both boxes in this situation. Yeah, I I do. I think so. And I think, look, we've watched this team enough to see the trouble that they've had putting skill together up front. 
Um, even if you have, you know, they've got defensemen in the back that you're, you're supposed to be bringing along here. Now, some haven't worked out as they had hoped in the draft. It's kind of a, a crapshoot at times. But for me, you have to develop some guys that can that can get some off some offensive skills here. So I I think this is a pretty good alternative to going, you know, picking defenseman after defenseman after defenseman. I, I like this and I don't think it's that much of a reach. I actually thought he might go third. Mm-hmm. I actually thought he may go and may go back to the desert, yeah. go back there and 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 make that pick there. So I was worried that that was going to happen. Uh, but, you know, Cooley's a very good player that went and went before him. So I think this leaves them, if you want to look at it in terms of he fell to them. And I yeah. think there is a little bit of that, that he fell to them. And I'm I'm really thrilled with it that the uh, that they got a physical player like just to throw some additional numbers at you guys. Now I was trying to find them. I have many tabs open for many prospects <laughs> um, because that's how these draft nights go. Uh, Hunter, Hunter Cutter, Gautier, six foot three, as we mentioned, he's around 200 pounds. He experimented with left wing. It seems like center is ideally where he'll play at Boston College, and it seems like that's where the Flyers would like for him to play as well, potentially. Uh, 34 goals, 31 assists, 65 points in 54 games for the U.S. development program. Al, Chuck Fletcher has been very open about the fact that they want to find top-tier, top-level talent and that he feels like the draft is the best way to go about acquiring that talent. That doesn't mean he'll show up tomorrow and he'll play big minutes and he'll be, you know, a first of uh, a 1C for this team. But are you convinced that he has the raw materials to be that top-tier level talent i think so i think when you look at the kids that have come out of that program obviously it, it, it's you know it kind of rules the roost when you look at guys coming out of this country playing for that program so i like that and i also think it indicates taryn when you see what's going on that there's going to be stuff happening this summer mm-hmm. uh there's going to be additions for this year coming up uh, but they didn't want to let go of the pipeline and trade the pick and and do mm-hmm. something like that. So I think they're trying to do two th- two things at once here. So I'm I'm uh, I was a bit worried oh they're going to try to do the, the quick rebuild and kind of forget about developing a player like this. So I'm I'm I like that they did that and I have no doubt that he's going to have the skills to develop. When BC now with the coaching change that's, that's gone on, I wonder a little bit there, but it's been a pretty good program. Uh, when you look at it. And it's been a pretty good development program for NHL players. So that should really work in their favor also. Just to zoom out a little bit and look around the league here, were you surprised at all? And Shane Wright handled it like a champ. I know he's not our selection, but I do want to talk about him because there was so much conversation about kind of Shane Wright is the guy. He had that exception status, which means he gets more time, but more years to be criticized and evaluated as well. Were you surprised at all to see him drop to four? I was. I was surprised because we have heard so much. And I think he is maybe the biggest victim of all that's gone on with COVID, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, not playing games and, and you know, you trying to project somebody. And then there is a stop in the action, a stop in the schedule. And I think also... He, Obviously, the flash, he, when, when they keep saying, it, it sounds crazy, but, you know, they're saying a Bergeron. Well, he's a terrific player, but as far as sizzle, when you're looking for a draft pick or something, I think he may lack some of that. But I was surprised that he went. I think he may end up making people in Montreal look like, well, we really missed on that one. Uh, because I don't think there's much of a floor, a downs. I mean, there's no doubt he's going to play. Yeah. I mean, he's got that. There's no risk involved his basement's him. not so low no. and it's not going to flood no but, it's, yeah. absolutely it's uh so you know I'm, about that al <laughs> I, I know about floods and i, I think that 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 kind of I, I also think though he's got a chance now when you look at a still an expansion franchise you'd say you know it's two years in a league to be the kind of the face there and then the guy like a 
that yeah. you grow up watching as a, a new hockey fan out there. And uh, he's, he's got all the tools to be a long, he's got that potential to be a long-term, long-range, solid player. So I think that's for a franchise like that, they really got some, a foundation piece. Hack comes in, does it again, yeah. still haunting <laughs> Flyers fans. Uh, I do want to turn back now to, to the Flyers. And I believe it was our own sometimes coworker, Brian Boucher, who said it on the broadcast as the Flyers made this pick. I could be wrong, though, because uh, I was preparing and closing all my tabs. Uh, it, someone made an interesting point, I believe it was Bush, that the Flyers are in that interesting position where they're not total Chicago teardown and they're not uh, in a position where they quite frankly would like to be at the, after what happened last season in terms of handling this draft, the way they did all of the Alex to bring it talk uh, kind of it becoming very clear that Chuck Fletcher was not going to make that fifth overall pick vulnerable for Alex to bring it in a potential trade. Do you like the way the flyers have handled this, this off season from the time the last game went final to mm. now that this first round draft pick has been selected. I'd like to say everything's gone smoothly, but it hasn't mm -hmm. um, with, with the injury situation with Faraby that, you know, that situation with the Russian On towards his birthday. Yeah. With the Russian situation with, with the yeah. goaltender. I mean, it's Fair. been, it's been messy. Um, so this was a, this was a solid thing to happen in a, in a messy off season so far when you take away, I mean, I love hiring of Tortorella as the coach, but now you've got a, you've got a situation to deal with. And with Faraby. So I think that this just means they're going to do more things. I don't think they're by any means just kind of done and going to go into the season. I looked up for them to be very active in the uh, free agent market. Um, I think that this is another indication of it. This is a, this kid's not going to be here this year. Mm -hmm. So I think that's another indication of it. So I, I don't like what's happened in terms of the dice that you've, you've rolled. Ellis, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, they're talking like he's going to play, but I haven't heard any definitive that yeah. he's going to play. So there's still some open cases, if you will, on what's going to happen. This indicates to me what the fear is that you've got a general manager who's obviously on a hot seat, mm -hmm. but not reacting like that. Like I'm whatever it takes to keep my job for another three. No, this is an organizational thing where they had to think both long term and obviously short term. And I, I don't think it was any small thing to get a pretty good coach uh, for the defense in, in, in the past week that's that's been with Tortorella before. So they kind of can make that defensive zone a lot, a lot kind of better in front of the goaltender heart. And, and a pretty good head coach in terms of, and I don't think I've been on the podcast to discuss this. And I know I haven't discussed it with you. Um, when we go back to the John Tortorella selection, which will tie in to, to Cutter's future with this team and this team's future, both short-term and long-term, a good coach for culture. Because when you peek behind the curtain, when you have the inside sources, when you hear certain things, that structure, it seems like is something that this team needs, especially after a year of so many injuries, so many guys in, so many guys out, so much disjointedness, a, a kind of very solid foundational piece like John Tortorella can be as a coach. The structure that he forces in and it seems like he's matured in a way where I say forces in um, a gentler way than I maybe I would have used to say with John Tortorella. Um, it, it seems like it could put this position, this team, in, in a much better position from the get-go, Al. Am I am Oh, I yeah, absolutely. I mean, there'll be, there'll be demands coming in. I mean, there'll be no excuses, and there'll be a demand to uh... – well, I mean, the cliche is hard to play against. Well, obviously, I mean, you want to be hard to play, but you want to win. And mm -hmm. I think the demand will be there. I'm not even going to couch it as to hard to play against. I'm going to couch it as a demand to win. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be that nightly basis that's going to happen. 
And I think that what you're going to see is originally uh, at the outset, just defensively, just a, a, a better kind of system in, in front of the goaltenders, which I think got a bit sloppy last year. I mean, a lot of things went wrong. Um, so they have to really clean that up. And I think that's what they're going to work on this summer. I would, I would be surprised if they don't add a, a restricted free agent or a free agent type defenseman during this summer. Would you be surprised if Johnny Gaudreau ends up on this hockey team? I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was at a A cheaper price. It's funny. It's funny. The hometown discount discount won't be for his hometown team in Calgary. I I think that that's a very real possibility. Now, this this will be where the general manager, where Chuck Fletcher has to really do some stuff in terms of selling, uh, whether it's JVR, what you're going to do. They don't really save that much of a buyout situation when you really look at the numbers. Yeah. So it's almost like, well, you have to take somebody and move somebody and we'll do do a little bit here. So I, it's going to be interesting how they try to wiggle out of this thing, wriggle out of this thing one way or the other. But I, I think that there's a mandate to, to get that done. And I think with uh, Tortorella here, there's a new vibrancy, if you will, to, to the fan base on, on what's happened here. So I'm, I'm pleased, semi-pleased, I guess, at what's happened this summer. But there's no, no getting around, you know, when you, you've got a top, forward that you know when you hear disc replacement it's that's pretty that's pretty major uh so i mean they really if they had you know a hundred things to do then i've got 200 things to do well al thanks for uh, throwing that one out there i do want to circle back to cutter here for a second since i would assume most people came here because it's draft night um when it comes to cutter gautier we already talked about it he's six foot three he's 200 pounds he is his own advocate. He said ahead of the draft, quote, I'm a two-way power forward, lots of skill, loves throwing the body, is extremely versatile. These are his words about himself, yeah. so he does not lack confidence. Whether it's playing left wing, right wing, or center, power play, penalty kill, I'm a complete package. I can play any role in any situation. I would love to see, like, just, I love this kid's confidence <laughs> as an 18-year-old. Uh, given his self-assured nature and just his raw size, uh, right now, do you expect to see one full season at BC? Do you think we wait two years? I mean, I remember talking to Joel Farabee when he was at BU right. in the midst of his freshman season. Yeah. And he said, I think I'll probably come back for another year. And then he didn't. How yeah. long until we're seeing Cutter in orange and black? I, you know, the new kind of a new regime there. I don't know, but they tend to stay longer there at mm-hmm. BC than at BU has been a factory play the one year and you, you it's been going on for years. Uh, that way at BU, not so much at, at BC. I would be surprised if it was only one. Um, we'll see how it, how quickly it develops. And how I think they also, <laughs> I didn't go there, but I went the other side of Calm Ave, but people yeah, for love like it. a semester and a people half. People love it there. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a, it's a tough, it, it's a tough place to leave uh, yeah. to, at that program when you're coming in. So I, I wouldn't be, but you also, they develop pretty well. And, and I do, it wasn't an arrogance. And it's funny, I was noticing the same thing, but not just with him when they were talking to most of the draft picks. There's a, there's a newfound uh, with hockey players, a, I don't want to say, there's never, there's never going to be a look at me thing, but a mm-hmm. um, kind of a confidence that I can play in this league. And I think part of it is when you look at the Trevor Zegers, when you look at what's happened here with the young players coming in, pretty quickly coming in, and the speed of the game they watch and, and they can relate to it. It's a, it's kind of a change in how the how the game's been played. Like, oh, can I really grind like they grind like that? Can I really? But now they're watching a guy do a Michigan, and they're, they, which mm-hmm. they've been doing on their rinks now since they're ten years old. You know, I can do that. 
and and the guys they're looking at aren't 35 they're 22 coming in and playing like that so i think that's where a lot of this comes from you figure you know what it's it's not going to be as big a leap as it seemed previously you know it's interesting that you bring up that shift overall in the league in age and also the kind of air that a lot of these young players have about themselves and their readiness to play at a much younger age because that was something that i talked to john tortorella about because the big criticism of him is that he's kind of you know an old school old dog can he learn new tricks because and you know I've heard this. I listen to many hockey podcasts, get different viewpoints from around, around the league. And one of the guys I listen to is Jeff Merrick um, from up at Sportsnet, who's really got his finger on the pulse of junior hockey. And he's him and Elliot Friedman will consistently talk about it is just a different system that the players who are kind of 24 yes. and younger came up in than the guys who are even 25, 26, 27. Right. And can Tortorella adjust to that? Well, he has to. Uh, there's no going back. I mean, yeah. you're not you're not going back. And I, he's a look. He's a really good hockey coach. And I think people forget at uh, they've had offenses that just get up and go. Uh, yeah. But this is where a guy like a guy like Gauthier, because when he did brag about a little bit about his game, whatever, he did accentuate. He plays defense. Yeah. So that's part of it there. And I think when you when you think old school now, forget the busted noses and this type of thing that you, you go back in the Stone Age with. What it is now is attention to defense to come in and play. And that's where he may be a bit ahead of that curve in that he really likes that part of the game. And that's the part of the game where you can have all the fancy stuff you want, but you still have to do that. And that's where I think he's going to be a, a very good find for the Flyers to, to come in like that. And that's where I think Tortorella is going to stress some stuff. It's when, if you want to do a fancy play or whatever, just make sure you're back down the other end. And we saw this, remember Konechny tried to make that fancy play all the time, had to learn, learn as he went along. Okay, you can do that, but you've got to come back. You have to make that simple play too. So the real learning curve now isn't so much getting through the, uh, the crunch of the NHL and the physicality, which is different, but it's being defensively responsible in the NHL and doing all that other stuff. Well, talking about physicality, the, this Cutter Gauthier has been referred to many times as a physical freak. Yes. Um, that being said, we do have a question that I want to address on that note, kind of, uh, from Timmy McAllister. What do you guys compare Cutter to? What can we expect from him in the coming years? What player would you give? I kind of don't. Wow. I, I feel like these are always very hard questions to answer because you can either well, compare their power, ceiling to yeah, somebody yeah, or you can compare their forward. I mean, how, I, I don't know how to answer that as a power forward, only watching him in a limited amount of time as that power forward. Go, I don't want to go back too far in the day, but I mean, <laughs> you know, Malkin's a power forward. Yeah. I mean, is it, and I, can, can he do anything like that? I don't, I don't, I don't know because he's mostly played on the wing. Yeah. So I'm trying to kind of say, well, what's he going to be like when he's in the middle of the ice? How is he going to play? Who's he going to, is he going to run people over in the middle of the ice? So I, I really have no, I can't put a, a finger on where, what player I would see in the middle of the ice. You know what I respect about that, Al? Every year when you watch the NBA draft, yeah. every player is compared to like Michael Jordan, well, Tim Duncan, Hakeem Olajuwon, yeah. or like Magic John. Like it's always the greats. And sometimes you're just like, maybe the product if the production level can be what it can be yes i'll say this if his production level can live up to what the raw materials suggest he could he'll be a freak he is a physical freak and he's powerful and 
Yeah, you know, but they I mean, talk about the ambidextrous. Well, that that is the weird. Of no, that weird and cool. Of all but the it, stuff that I've read about him, that's the weirdest thing I've read. Yeah, like that he can take a seven iron and hit it left-handed, and then a five iron and hit it right-handed. How do you do that? I mean, I have no, I, I have no, no yeah. concept of how you can do that. But it's obviously hand-eye the coordination that he has. But I don't know how it's going, and it's going to be funny because. Even in college, I don't know if you're going to be able to get the full read on the physicality he's going to have as a player when you come out and kind of you be unleashed otherwise. So we'll see where, how he develops that way. I really think it's important, though, that the Flyers have a lot of input, as much as you can in an NCAA program. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important that they really have, and, and at least the, the, the team there has some kind of a willingness to play along with this is how this is what we really need i know you want to win ncaa championships and all that but for this kid especially i think and i i i really do think his guarantees are that he's going to play first line center right away so we had a comment someone saying that they expect him to to be like jvr i don't think so i think more physical than yeah, I was jvr say, I, think... I think a, a far more arrogant player yeah. In JVR. In a positive uh, way? In a positive okay. way. Okay. In a positive okay. way. Um, we have a few comments from the Facebook that I want to check in on here, too. Will the Flyers try to make a trade and try to get another pick in the first round? Not impossible. I, I think that everything's on the board for this for this team right now. I think that's a very we already seen what Montreal's made two. Uh we've yeah. been like four trades today. So I think that there everything's on on the and, and we mentioned you just mentioned JVR. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities here. I think that's probably in line. I think there's a chance they trade some of the picks to, if they are looking to move people otherwise, as soon as free agency starts on what's going to happen. So I would, I would be surprised if they were um, less than active from now through, uh, through the free agent, through training camp when things start up. At what point in this draft? Because it seems like. There's not there's not a McDavid in this draft no. that they know of. There's not some generational talent that is assured to be something right away in a very noticeable way from the get-go in this draft. But it seems like when you go one through, I would say seven, there's pretty there's a scramble, as Flair said. Yeah. When you go one through twelve, it seems like there's a certain tier of players. At what point do you think trading up starts to become you would say, you know what? Maybe now is when I check so in the out second. Them. Well, after the second round, I, I would okay. think. Otherwise, it's just. But I mean, I do think there's an. I do think there's an impact player though, because when you're Montreal, and you make that pick at home like that, and you 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 kind of don't take the guy everybody expected. I think that there's an expectation right there with the the Slovakian, the first Slovakian taken, uh, the left wing. So, um. I can't remember the Slovak. He's Slovakian, and I can't get his name. And he, I, I think that there is an expectation right there that he's going to. Uri Slavkovsky. I've practiced it. It will be Slaffy. Is what it's going to end up. But I do think there's an expectation right there. And we also got an indication from the Devils that they, you know, they may think their guy may may step right in there. So, and you know, the Devils are a team. When you look at the the what's happened, the landscape of the NHL right now, I mean, the Devils have to do something. I they made the playoffs forever. It's you know, and they've had some high draft picks coming in. So I do think that they they kind of feel like they have to have that impact thing. And you see what's happened today. Ottawa um, makes a deal, and it looks like they've made a push now to be a playoff team. So the Flyers 
really, to me, they, they're really in a spot now. If you're looking at w- what's happened since the end of the season, well, I think Ottawa's got better. <laughs> and so I think really, you really have to get some stuff done now. So I think this is great for the future, but they have to still address a lot of things now for this season coming up. Well, we'll see what uh what Cutter can do up at BC. I'm sure Al will be keeping an eye on that. What a great name, as he does anyway. Al, when I I will not lie to you. What is it? When when <laughs> not you? You already know you did it. When the selection was in, really, when Bob McKenzie tweeted it and spoiled it, yeah. Al Morganti threw his hands up in the air in <laughs> celebration. I did. So we know where Al stands on this selection. We'll see how it pans out, but. Uh, thank you for listening to this or tuning in and streaming this live edition of Flyers Talk podcast. I'm Taryn Hatcher. He is Al Morganti, and we'll see what the Flyers continue to do through this draft and free agency. And we'll cover it all for you here right on the Flyers Talk podcast. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.